recorded. Mm -hmm. Is your vertigo all over, Karen? Yeah, let, let's start the call. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Peace Alliance Department of Peacebuilding campaign. Uh, this is a special advocacy training for advocacy ah, advocacy days i guess i can say it once but not twice uh that is happening september 14th and 15th but those are our target days so if you're scheduling a meeting you can do it anytime from now and, and through september uh whatever works for the representative or the representative staffer and uh we'll start off with uh check-ins and then we'll we'll go to a connection exercise so who would like to start? Lori, I'll start. Lori asked me, I had a, about what vertigo that started um, two weeks ago today. It is mostly gone. And uh, um, yeah, and I, I suspect by a week from now, it'll be completely gone, but I'm doing almost everything except turning my head when I move very quickly. <laughs> so um it's it's a good place to be i did some some heavy cardio yesterday and and it, it was just fine so that was good and i am from chicagoland lockport illinois southwest suburb or at the edge of the suburban area and i am on the department of peace building uh committee which formed in 2011 and so glad to be here and glad to see some faces possibly some other new people that might hop on that registered uh lori would you like to go next uh sure I'll, um i'll just say i uh i just was up on the roof dancing to like I, there's one other person up there it's this beautiful day and i just <laughs> getting good you know stretching and just getting in the right mood for this call so i, I i'm grateful i'm, I'm happy and, and people like they see me and they say you're always like enjoy i said because i'm always grateful you know so anyway, I, I'm good. And for the people who don't know you on the call, just tell oh, us. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm from I'm I'm from Washington D.C. and I've been with the Department of Peace. Well, advocating for the Department of Peace Building or Department of Peace, as it was first called, since 2004. So, yeah. I, I love. What I, I was thinking people would also add. Um, what is uh, something that you love or fear about advocacy, depending on what your experience level is? Maybe just add that, especially for the new people to hear what people love or fear about it. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, sometimes I read like the, um, you know, the the resume of the of the staffers that you're talking to and stuff, and and, and I sometimes feel get intimidated, and it's crazy because they're just people. So, um, but when I speak from my heart, <clears throat> you know, it's like it, when you come from your heart, you don't really you don't worry about that stuff, you know. So, so. Very good point. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kendra, do you want to go next? I'm um, with the Department of Peacebuilding Committee, and I'm in Tallahassee, Florida. And what I love about the advocacy is that I'm part of a team, whether we're having a meeting with members of Congress or their staffers, or I just feel part of a team, even if I make a call on my own. Yeah. And what I fear is that I'll get tongue-tied. Mm. But it always doesn't matter if you do. <laughs> Great. Uh, how about Judy? Would you like to say hello now? Yeah. Um, I'm Judy. I, I'm currently in New Vineyard, Maine. It's a beautiful day here, so I'm very grateful for that. 
it's always beautiful actually rain or shine the planet is gorgeous um what i love about advocacy is i feel like i'm making a difference so that's really important um and what i think um I find challenging about advocacy is finding the time to do it. So those are probably two of, you know, making it a, it is a priority and I try to do it, but I don't do it as much as I feel I should, I guess. So it's, it's, it's cutting out that time because it, it does take some focus and adding it to your to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. For all of us. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, Jana, how about you? Would you like to say hello now? And you're still muted, Jana. Uh, hi, I'm in New York. And um, at first I was absolutely um, not wanting for a hundred million reasons and terrified to talk to Congress people. And Nancy was hugely supportive and helpful. And now I do it and I have led how many? I don't know, four meetings already. Mm -hmm. and one with the same person, second time and uh, same legislative age with Karen, Carolyn Maloney. And it's uh, really fun and um, challenging and fun at the same time and hopeful and inspiring. And so I keep doing it. Great. Anna, she's a total pro now. <laughs> and Nancy, why don't you go next? Okay, I'm from uh, Northern California, the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, let's see, I'm feeling great because I just got to spend a week with my um, oldest grandson, and it was really fun showing off the Bay Area. Um, let's see, what I like about advocacy is... Um, Gosh, just, just getting to know the people involved with Congress and um, also our team, Every, everybody here, almost everybody here I've been in meetings with and it's, uh, it's really fun connecting with people. And yeah, what I don't like is actually getting started. <laughs> when I see a list of people I need to call, I'm like, uh, but then once I start, I go through the whole list pretty fast, so. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and for those who don't know, Nancy is our Department of Peace Building uh, Leadership Council lead at the Peace Alliance and really manages uh, the bulk, if not all, it's hard to say what percentage, 99% of the advocacy materials and and scheduling and so forth. Um, Ina, would you like to say hello again to everybody? Sure. Um, hi, I'm Ina Barone. I'm in Denver, Colorado. And um, I guess what I've been fearful about with regard to just jumping in and trying to join you all um, is, is time, <laughs> the time factor. Um, but now that I'm here, I just really appreciate um, all of you and your energies um, and the vibe that's here, <laughs> um, the gratitude, the beauty, the, um, you know, overcoming fears or concerns. Uh, and yeah, I'm grateful to be here this morning. Thank you. Great. Thanks. 
And Gerilyn, last but certainly not least. <laughs> Good morning, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Early start here on, on uh, the Pacific Coast. Uh, Gerilyn Stapleton, I'm in Southern California, Los Angeles area, and I've been with uh, the committee since the beginning. Uh, I love doing the advocacy work, obviously. <laughs> um, being able to, I, I think probably at this point uh, that our team, that uh, especially when we're back in DC <coughs> in person, <coughs> being able to be with everyone in person, you know, like doing the work is probably one of our special uh, points of of it of doing the work, but actually being able to be together to walk the halls. <laughs> can uh, do the work that we do, uh, the meetings that we have and uh, doing our pre-meeting uh, organization and doing the debriefing after and uh, just the com camaraderie of, of being able to uh, work with the team and do the work. And even now, even though it's, you know, Zoom and actually I, I really now that I'm kind of working on the inside, uh, really congratulate everyone in terms of being able to get meetings uh, and have these meetings with the folks and uh, to accomplish what we have been able to do in terms of really drumming up the co-sponsors. So I'll let it go at that. Beautiful, yeah, good point. And when we are in person in DC, and maybe again in 2023, we'll see how this uh, flu season goes. Fingers uh, crossed. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Another thing that we can do when we're uh, live in DC is is pass out literature to other people that we haven't been able to get meetings from. And every so often we'll be able to get a meeting on the fly to say is a, a staff <laughs> available or, or so. So uh, that's another aspect that we kind of miss when, but at least we're, we're having some really great meetings over zoom and, and really grateful for that the last couple of years. Yeah. Good points. Could I just say one thing? Um, so Geraldine Ger has been um, not only representing us in Washington, but she's been to the Capitol in Sacramento in California a thousand times um, <laughs> to, to advocate going effort to every single office in that building. And uh, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. And for those who got on a little bit later, Judy, who also is the president of the board of the Peace Alliance, uh, let us know that she won't be, be able to stay here for the whole call, but she was glad to hear we were recording. Uh, so if she drops off, it's not uh, any commentary on what's happening at the time that she has to drop off. <laughs> Karen, Jana also has to get off a bit of early. She has another commitment. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks. Oh, dear. That makes another. I do, too. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, right. everyone decided to do something this morning, but uh, pretty much all geared for advocacy. In fact, I just left the nail training for advocacy. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. 
And that's a good reminder that we're recording this call for the people who had something in direct conflict with, with this time. And there are more people who signed up. So we'll we'll post, we'll have the link uh, available for people to, to listen. So we will carry on with all of the content, no matter who's on the call with us. And, uh, and then it'll be available for everybody who has to drop off and who wasn't able to get on at all. And, and we'll keep these up and use them, you know, until we do another live call next year. So it, it's, it's a, it's a good thing to have going. And just to remind people, this is a 90 minute call, potentially, I think we'll take that fully because sometimes we feel rushed when we're getting into things about the meeting and the follow-up and so forth. So um, it'll be a little bit more thorough than we've had sometimes with the one-hour calls. Uh, but it, that said, it's it's good to get right into the content here. So I'm going to go over just kind of a brief agenda and then uh, Kendra is going to lead us in a connection exercise that we do on our calls. And when we're in Washington, DC, uh, we do this right before, right outside the office door before we knock on it or go in uh, with our meetings, we do another quick connection exercise. We tend to, you know, before we start meetings, we gather and do a little bit of training, you know, either the day, you know, the day before or early that morning in Washington, DC, and we'll go through a little bit longer connection exercise. Uh, but we've, I've, think we're unanimous in feeling that our meetings take on a little bit different energy when we're really centered and connected when we walk in and just very appreciative of the time of the person and, and what's happening and, and they respond really well to our presence in their in their space. So we're going to uh, you know, once we go through the agenda, we'll see if anybody has any burning questions uh, or things that they didn't hear on the agenda that they want to make sure that we cover. We'll we'll give you a space for that. Uh, we'll just check in really briefly on why a Department of Peace is important to you, and if and if you still need to search for that. Uh, you know, just to, to know that that might be good to get in touch with. And there's plenty of materials on our website, dopcampaign.org, uh, is the direct uh, link to. The DOP page, Department of Peace Building page. So there are a lot of materials there that you can look through and see what really um, speaks to your heart uh, more than other points. There's a lot of aspects of the bill, uh, and then it's it's its overarching uh, way that it covers so much that is important for peace. And then we'll go over scheduling a meeting. Because um, sometimes it's good to know why it's important to you while you're actually scheduling a meeting, sending an email and so forth. Uh, and then we'll do a little, a quick role play on scheduling a meeting just to kind of demystify that because, you know, not all of our advocates are scheduling meetings. So there might be a part of that that's, that somehow people have a, a fear or resistance to. So we'll try to break through that. It's pretty simple once you get started, once you pick up the phone and make the call, as Nancy might say. Uh, and then we'll go into running the meeting and we got resources on the web and we'll put in links and, and uh, I'll share my screen when we get to that. Uh, then we will just go through the things that, that may happen in a meeting. Uh, and uh, that people want to share so we can, you know, give examples of that and then things to try not to forget during a meeting. And again, and no meeting uh, is perfect by any marge, but everything happens that needs to happen. And then we have the opportunity for follow up later. So uh, as in anything, showing up is the most important thing, but we'll, we'll give tips on how to make the time as effective as possible and, and what to do afterwards. And then we'll do some uh, Q&A afterwards. Okay, so 
Anything that somebody didn't hear that they want to make sure that we cover or any other burning questions that you might have right now? I actually am wondering, I didn't catch your name um, because it's not listed. It's listed oh, as yeah. Let me rename my, my screen here. Karen Johnson. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, we have, we sometimes share this zoom account for different people starting it so i changed it to that but there we go thank you good point okay and again this connection exercise um it'll be kind of self-explore ah. <laughs> uh, you'll you'll see when kendra does it but there's a larger uh connection exercise there's a training program that rita marie johnson uh created and it was actually something important that she used when uh, advocating for and achieving uh, peace building infrastructure in Costa Rica. And it's um, one of the few countries that have not gone back <laughs> and it's, it's stayed, it's remained since it's been founded there. So their uh, Ministry of Justice is now their Ministry of uh, Peace and Justice and it has remained so. And this was an important thing to to do and she shares this but we have a very abbreviated version kendra so thank you for filling in the backstory and um and we use an even more abbreviated version when we're outside in the hall when in in the halls of congress but the idea is to get ourselves centered and so I close my eyes and I invite you to do whatever works for you. And I'm going to put my hand over my heart and invite you to start deep breathing, deep, long breaths. And with the connection practice, you imagine that your in-breath is going through your heart and your exhaling breath is going out through your heart. so that we warm our hearts and focus our heart energy as we continue in this call and we continue with that heart energy when we're meeting with others and in our own homes and we are creating the beloved community that we all seek where we seek to do no harm and to do only good and love all. And spread that joy that Lori talked about and spread that love and spread that gratitude 
are grateful for each of you being on the call and coming back to Karen. Thank you, Kendra. And yeah, good reminders from both Ina and Kendra that peace, love, joy, gratitude are just so interwoven with each other. And uh, um, sometimes we can get caught up in the to do's and uh, doing rather than being and it's good to try to just do a double check with ourselves to kind of have that balance between doing and being because they affect each other for sure. All right. So I'm going to refer us to um, the flyer that we uh, have because it's kind of a roadmap um, for everything about advocacy. And I'm going to share my screen for a few minutes here to pull that up. And it is on the DOP campaign uh, page. um under the advocacy days so you can see the first thing on the right was to register live training on this call so congratulations to everybody who made it to the first step <laughs> and other people that are listening who made it a little later than august 20th but you're here now um and then we have finding your member of congress uh, we talked about first talking about um, what is important to you. Why do you advocate for a Department of Peace building? Uh, because even when you first call your member of Congress's office and say you'd like to schedule a meeting with the with the representative or a staffer, um, it, it might come up. It probably won't, but it might. Um, and uh, I just thought we'd see who wants to um, volunteer to say something about what they usually say about what's important to them. Does anyone want to offer something? I was just, I'm always about in this day and age that we need to build the skills to reduce conflict and violence. And, and I recommend it to the members of Congress that they need the skills to break down those conflicts and reach resolution. Great, thanks. I might say something because it was my burning question when I first got involved in the campaign. Um, is why a department, uh, why not programs, et cetera. And someone told me, and I haven't found anybody that could dispute that this wasn't true, that uh, we needed a department so that it's not as subject to budget cuts, you know, because that's not uncommon. Like we saw the, the U.S. Institute of Peace was almost, um, their budget was almost eliminated just a few years ago. Um, and Peace Alliance and other organizations did a lot of advocacy to stop that from happening. But, uh, and having a Secretary of Peace at the cabinet level. So it's, it's really, um, it also shows a commitment uh, that will rise up from the citizens that we wanna make peace a priority in our country and the way we work with other countries. So it's the comprehensiveness of it uh, and uh, the principle of it 
and that it's here to stay because we need to keep working and building peace. It's not something that happens overnight and stays on its own. Anybody else? Well, I would share that um, I, I believe strongly in legislating change, uh, especially within governments, whether it's at the local, state, or federal. Kind of back to you, Karen, about um, what you just said. In, in other words, I think there are a lot of people every day. I mean, we all each work every day to be peacemakers, and at least people on this call, and most people, I think I, I have. I think people are of good intent and are trying to build peace, but there's so many detours and side roads you can take. And I think it's very important. And the reason I got involved with the DOP campaign was initially was that I felt strongly that we needed some structure within the federal government to, to support peace building. And there was nothing, there is still very little. I mean, and so, um, legislation like HR 1111 and, and other legislation, like we work all, all work so hard on gun control and other violence against women, things like that. Um, but when we can actually achieve some structure within the government, it, as you say, it, it perpetuates it and, and it gives a, a road forward that you don't get when a bill sunsets like the automatic weapons bill sunsetted and then was not reinstated. So I think structures are important. Certainly the establishment of a secretary of peace at the cabinet level is um, fairly critical now, I think. Whether we call it secretary of peace or secretary of nonviolence, I don't really care. <laughs> I just want someone who's advocating for that point of view. Yeah, a peace builder by any other name. Yes, exactly, <laughs> by any name. <laughs> yes yeah and that's a good point judy raised that even though we we focus on the department of peace building legislation and within this committee and campaign uh, we also when we're on calls and in meetings with representatives there's other legislation that's actually on the dop campaign page uh, that we also legislate for or we always bring up especially um you know those that are very much in line with that particular representatives uh work, et cetera. Gerilyn, yes. Yeah, I would, re you know, just the difference between like a program like VAWA that has to be reauthorized every five years. I mean, that does contain a lot of programs, but it seems like every five years we have to fight uh, just to maintain it, let alone, you know, the, the one advantage of that is getting improvements and interjecting, you know, like maybe new programs. But if we have the Department of Peace and we have we have a permanent uh, fixture there uh, sitting at the table uh, with everyone else, I think is uh, is really really important. And the fact that it's actually a department uh, which you can easily then within it, you know, upgrade programs and create new ones as the need arises. But uh, originally what got me interested, you know, in terms of dealing with this is, is ending violence, you know, against women uh, initially, uh, then of course becoming involved, realizing uh, that to do that, you needed to involve everyone. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But anyway, uh, the points that have been raised have, have been both 
very, very important. Yeah, thanks. And for those uh, listening or on that aren't, uh, that VAWA isn't, you know, something front and center in their everyday life, that's the Violence Against Women's Act. Um, yeah, and good point. There's so many things that have to be reapproved, voting rights and so forth, which seems ludicrous. But yeah, until there's complete peace and no violence, um, there's there's a lot. And uh, it's great to have something. It will be great when we have something permanent to just keep moving things forward. Anyone else? Sure. Um, um, I think it's it's always the, the the bigger picture, you know, of peace. Just that this is the most comprehensive, you know, legislation, and it looks at the root causes of violence. I mean, it, and from going to the conferences and seeing the people that we would engage, you know, that have these, you know, programs that are working for gang prevention and all this. I mean, there there are there are these programs out there that are working. So you need this department in order to be like this, you know, to. Um, so you're able to enforce this or put this on, you know, at a mass scale, these programs that are working. But I remember Dennis saying, you were talking about having this building and you know, having the Department of Peace. I remember, and it stuck with me, goes, just imagine what that message to the world, right? That this you know, United States has a Department of Peace. So I just always imagine, you know, the ramifications of that. And, and um, but recently when I'm thinking about advocating with the members of Congress, I thinking it comes down to basically the choice is, are you part of the old paradigm where it's about the me? And then, so then that led to then this greed at this level or, and you see what, what's happened to the world or are you about the we, you know? And it, it's such to me a clear choice. Like if you could just get a member of Congress to say, where do you stand? And then have them explain what, why are you still part of this old paradigm? I mean, the world's kind of, you know, it's not, it's not working, you know, anyway. That's how I see it. Thank you. And Nancy. Oops. Oh, well, I agree with everything everybody said. Um, to me, when I think about it, um, the empowerment of having a voice um, at the table of our government and having uh, peace building being considered in every decision, every every aspect of our culture is really powerful because I, I don't know what happens in those discussions back in, in Washington, but there needs to be somebody always to remind everybody that there are lots of other ways and possibilities. Great, great, thank you. Um, I think Ina, you're the only one left who hasn't spoken and it's optional because I know you've, you've been thinking about this for a while and, and just came forward recently. So if, if you'd like to chime in anything, you're welcome to, but don't feel obligated. Okay. Um, I'll just say, I'll just share what my uh, interest is. Um, when I looked at the website, um, it's, first of all, I'm just, again, grateful to be, <laughs> to be here and listening to you all speak about this. Um, my interest has been most strongly, I guess, in the area of international um, peace. And um, I've been feeling this pull since before the war in Ukraine started, but um, um, I, I've studied, I speak Russian, I've studied there, I was married to a Russian, I live there. Um, and so now seeing <laughs> everything that's going on, um, 
I just, I've always felt felt pulled. Um, but now I feel every single day, it's just even stronger and stronger. Um, and that's, and, and, and it goes beyond obviously peace, international peace. I, um, in high school, I studied at the Center for International Studies and have always had an appreciation for um, global cultures. And seeing the book that you had um, present, I really am interested in reading that book, the the book club that you had in the email. Yeah. Um, just the topic of that book alone, you know, appreciating culture. And I, I'm all of it. I'm just so interested in all of it. Um, and um learning those skills, learning from you all, like, what are those skills? What are the root causes of violence? There are things that I just don't know, understand. I can only grasp on my own, from my own, you know, capacities and experience, but um, what, you know, what would that secretary of peace building do? You know, like, what are their skills? What are their skill sets? What are, and as far as I understand it, I think there's like, um, According to what Marianne, I've heard Marianne Williamson speak about, um, is that there's like a training program. Um, anyhow, I, I'm just, I'm really, I'm very much interested in understanding more about this, you know, the technical aspects of, of uh, addressing violence in other ways. Yeah, yeah, thank you for all of that. Um... Yeah, there's so much in there that we could probably talk about 20 to 30 minutes on. But uh, yeah, there are a lot of training programs through a number of organizations. And um, I'm just thinking that, you know, one of the Peace Alliance's, um, I keep wanting to say pillars, but it's a cornerstone. Yes, there's five cornerstones to peace, which are all contained in the Department of Peacebuilding legislation. And one of them is personal peacebuilding, um, which kind of overlaps with community peacebuilding. But yeah, there are a number of things that would be nice to just have some kind of a, um, you know, five or six key things or something like that. But uh, yeah, and there is a Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures of Peace at Kendra and Nancy and others are involved in that as well. And they have a summit coming up and for the first time they're offering it both online and it is in person in Colombia. So that's another opportunity to participate. I know a number of peace organizations have certainly been focused on Ukraine. Uh, and, um, you know, I look at, um, it's probably more people are less optimistic about international peace than uh, peace within our borders if they haven't experienced that kind of cultural transformation or individual transformation themselves. So I, I look at that as programs within the country contributing toward more people understanding and feeling that peace is possible. And um, and once the people feel it and know it, then, then the uh, Congress needs to act accordingly when we're speaking up in, in large enough numbers. As John Conyers of Michigan said Congress is a reactive body. So um, we just need to keep telling them what we want and and, uh, and eventually they will, or quickly, we don't know. Things are changing every day. Uh, Lori mentioned paradigm shift um, from me greed to, to we. I, I've also heard it go from the paradigm shift from fear or power over to love or power with. Uh, Walter Cronkite spoke about that in the early days with Dennis Kucinich, um, is that we're really asking for a paradigm shift. 
um, and, a, and a cultural change. So yes, it's um, first knowing it's possible or or suspecting it's possible and then working toward the change and, and it can happen everywhere. But I'd really love to see some kind of a breakthrough there in the Ukraine. Um, so to feel that personal connection that you have, it's a different experience um, than the rest of us that are, are watching from an, uh, maybe not quite so removed. Everybody has a personal experience. It's it's disturbing for everybody to see what's happening and continues to happen there. Okay. Any other comments before we get into the scheduling the meeting? That was really wonderful sharing, and and it's kind of a twofold purpose in doing that for you know each of us to just we have a little practice of just on the cuff saying what's important about this to me, uh, and for the people listening in on the call later just to, to have some examples because there's um, as you can see you can have as many answers as there are people in the room, uh, and there might be some overlap, and everybody might agree uh, with what everybody else feels about the bill, but there's always just something sticks out a little bit more than something else for each person so um, and maybe that's the nature of peace building as well that we all have our niche and it all works together toward the whole yeah okay so let me go back to sharing my screen and we'll look at this flyer again Okay, so first finding your member of Congress. And uh, I like to say there's no shame in advocacy. <laughs> Wherever you are when you come through, I didn't know who my member of Congress was when I walked in the door, whatever that was, 15 years ago. Um, and and I found a number of people when I was going around as state coordinator in Illinois, didn't know who the member of Congress was, and that's fine. So first, you know, finding your member of Congress, and I'm just going to click through here. So for a lot of areas, you just enter your zip code on this page. Um, and and then once you get there, if you need an address to, to further find your district, um, they will prompt you there. So then you've got your representative's uh, page up. And maybe I'll just uh, go ahead and do this for me. This is not going to be on the uh, recording since we're not showing the um, the image, just the the voice, the audio. So you basically you find your representatives. Well, that's interesting. It gives me a map. <laughs> I see your well, house there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to do that again for whatever reason. It's just giving me that. But um, you can also, you know, you've got a voter's card. It's got the district on there. Um, uh, and it is house.gov that's supposed to give that finder up. So. Um, once you find your representative's name, they have a website or even uh, where they have other members of Congresses listed, there'll be a phone number. So you phone the DC office for advocacy days here. We also have uh, Peace Once the Peace of the Pie Day around Mother's Day. And we try to meet with local representatives. But as we've been using Zoom still through the pandemic, uh, we're also 
scheduling meetings um, with the DC representatives uh, as well, or or local if you prefer, but leaving it up to people what they what they'd like to do. But just like in almost anything, this is relationship building. So if it's the first time you're reaching out, or the second, or the tenth, it's just on a continuum. We're we're looking at um, taking a representative that may or may not be aware of the bill to bring them into awareness about it and then see, you know, do either in that meeting or through follow-up to see if, if they might become a co-sponsor. Um, we're usually meeting with staffers probably 90 to 98% of the time, at least the first time, um, and have them ask the representative what they think about the bill. You know, sometimes it takes a few follow-ups before we hear what the representative thinks about the bill and then see what the next steps are from there. So then it becomes kind of an individualized follow-up process. Um, or if they have any concerns to address those concerns or, um, you know, and we also have an opportunity to have input on what might change in the bill every two years when it's reintroduced. Uh, um, Nancy coordinates that and communicates with uh, Representative Lee's office on that. Um, and so gathering the feedback from from the field, from the members of Congress and, and desires among the uh, constituents and and bringing that forward to the main sponsor but uh, so you call there and you ask if you can either speak to the scheduler to schedule something with the representative or their legislative aid um, and you could give the bill number um, it's for the US Department of Peace building often um, the international aspect is about 15% of the bill 85% is centered on on programs within the United States, uh, our own citizens' residents. And so often they'll give you the international person, but this is might more, you know, say it has to do with violence reduction and peace building, and they, they will find the appropriate legislative aid that would be assigned to this legislation. Uh, and then you um, follow up either by email, they'll usually give you their email address to schedule a meeting and then um, request a meeting often. Sometimes you'll get a response right away, give a little bit of information about the bill, the DOP campaign uh, address in case they want to check that out on their own. Um, and uh, if they don't respond within a, a week to two weeks, then email again and, and ask if you can schedule the meeting and so forth. And uh, you know, you could give a range of times or say any time that works for you in the near future. Um, so that's the gist of requesting the meeting. Nancy or anyone else, is there something that's important that you do that you want to make sure we add to this segment? Well, I just mostly you have to be really persistent. And um, and sometimes uh, you have to schedule it by online, uh, you know, on their website, you have to fill out a form. And so go ahead and do that. And if the only person they'll give you is international person, take it, Wh whoever you can get in contact with and have a meeting with. Yeah. Gerilyn? Yeah, the, uh, the online request is really important so that they have a record of it. And when you can call back, you can re refer to it because they do, have to keep records with that. The office that I'm working in right now will not schedule a meeting unless it goes through that process and go and is able to go through the actual person that's in charge of the scheduling because their schedules are enormous and complicated 
and whatnot. And ultimately, it's up to the member to say yay or nay, you know, to something. Uh, something I want to remind everybody of, every 10 years, we have redistricting. And so that's why I made the remark about has the map changed? Because yes, uh, the districts all changed in some form or another. So even though, uh, and, and it is true, the majority of people do not have a clue as to who their representatives are. It's amazing to me, but it, that is a fact. Um, the, um, so that said, that everybody needs to recheck to make sure what district they're in and possibly there could be a change of their representative. So they'll have to get reconnected with that office for the next 10 years until we have to go through this, oh, this hair-raising procedure of redistricting. Not my favorite thing, as you can tell. Anyway, just wanted to bring that point up. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my representative changed in this most recent redistricting. Um, so who knows, maybe that's what's going on with congress.gov. It, maybe it hasn't gotten it all down yet. You would think that they would by now. Yeah, go ahead, Lori. And and I just want to tell people, while I'm sharing screen, I can't see everybody's oh. uh, face. So go ahead and, and speak up when you hear a, 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 an opportunity. <laughs> okay, oh. go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna mention like, um, but you know, if in the case where your representative has already signed on, um, you know, I look at the, you know, this bill, you know, it's so broad in its scope that it's, I, I feel like you don't need to be constituent, you know, to try to schedule a meeting with somebody, you know, regarding this legislation, you know, because they say, oh, well, my, you don't want people to say, well, okay, well, my member's already on there. Okay, nothing, nothing to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. And I, um have just introduced myself as a member of the national campaign or when I was state coordinator or just saying that I'm from Illinois and I will connect with anybody in the Midwest. You know, I'm just saying I'm a Midwesterner and, and we want more Midwestern co-sponsors. <laughs> you know, um, Good. <laughs> so whatever kind of identification you can start off with, um, it, you know, whether whatever connection you might have with that office that isn't a constituent, um, we've gotten meetings under that. I know there are people that say, you know, they, they, um, some, there are some representatives who will not meet with anyone, but if you have a constituent present, um, but we've found that to be rather few. Um, we've gotten meetings with a lot of people and, and really, if you look at their website and see what kind of committees they're on or what kind of bills that they've brought forth, you can tell what is near and dear to their heart and, there's almost always something in the bill that will correlate to what's near and dear to their heart um, because it as it has every corner of society we could have some improvements toward um, more peace so that's kind of the things that we might say is you know i'm in this whatever area like-minded people geographic or whatever and and it just feels like this might be up their alley and and it'd want to you know tell more and give them the, the opportunity to become a co-sponsor. So good point, Lori. Anybody Karen, else? Yeah, yeah. It, it's always good also to connect with your own member of Congress, um, even if they are a co-sponsor once in a while to, um, to express your appreciation and to plant in their, uh, you know, the seed that the, this is really important. And we'll be asking them again next time to co-sponsor in the next Congress. So that they have that 
continuing reinforcement how important it is that they that they are sponsors co-sponsors yeah great point nancy and and um you know from the beginning of the campaign that continuum goes on to once they become a co-sponsor how can they become a champion so um in addition to just you know to being the co-sponsor can they reach out to another member of congress um can they you know do some public speaking like we, we had um representative mcgovern of massachusetts on a call last fall and we just released a video where you know that's a little shortened version of of how he uh described the importance of the bill himself from a congressperson's perspective and uh yeah and we'd like to invite more people that have been on the bill especially longer but more co-sponsors to come on join us on our third wednesday calls and and give us their perspectives on why this is important and why they support it and so forth so uh, yeah, there's there's a continuum to to bring this into fruition, into existence. Okay, anyone else before we continue with content? Not that this all isn't content. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to go over and take a, a broader look at one of the links that talks about um, preparing for the meeting. That this is the page that I have on the screen now is. Um, you know, if you go to the DOP campaign site, it's then there's uh, uh, issues and advocacy or go to the Peace Alliance um, issues and advocacy where you would go to the uh, Department of Peacebuilding campaign. There's working with Congress and they have across the screen every step along the way, preparation, uh, scheduling the meeting, uh, preparation includes you know, reaching out to your neighbors that might be willing to be on a call with you, because like we say, as as much as it's OK for us to to, to be, you know, advocates, um, it's more powerful the more people you have from your congressional district at the meeting. And when we're having local meetings, it's it wasn't too hard to have at least one or two people from each uh, congressional district. So that makes a big difference if you can get two or three people from your district not you know we think that there's people advocating for all this stuff all over the place um, but mostly it's paid lobbyists there aren't that many citizen lobbyists out there um, so it, it makes a difference when we show up and, and if we can show up with a neighbor or two um, when i went locally i always like to you know bring two or three different people from the district so that uh, i think i had three local and two national meetings with my representative before she left office and and uh, i said i'd just like to bring you a variety of people to show that this appeals to everybody <laughs> everybody who knows about it okay so then there's the preparation the scheduling the meeting uh again so this um goes over a thing make a list of what you want to say to the schedule call the capital switchboard or go right to your representative's page either way you can the switchboard is 202-224-3121, and you can just ask for um, your representative's office. Um, you know, make sure if it's your representative, make sure they know that you're a consistent uh, constituent and, uh, you know, find out who the scheduler or the legislative aide is for these certain issues uh, and uh ask for the meeting and then follow up if, if they're not you know that you don't have it on there for us for 
for Zoom, then we also see sometimes the representative's office wants to uh, use their conference line or Zoom line. Uh, that's happened sometimes. So then just have include that in the conversation if you'd, they'd like us to um, supply a Zoom link or if they want to use theirs. Um, and we have a couple of different Zoom links in case the only time people are available is at the same time. So we could be running two meetings at the same time without um, any chance of them commingling. Uh, and then we have, once it's set, meeting preparation tips. So brushing up on the content. And again, we've got documents there with um, key highlights and speaking points about the legislation. And of course, the other pieces of legislation that are on the DOP page. Um, so you can look um, for that, um, uh, how that matches up to the representative. And, and we can also send a link to with a document with all the pieces of legislation. And, and sometimes the staffer will come there and say, we're on this, this and that, but we're not on this or this yet. And we'll look at that, you know, so they, they have a sense of, of what the representative has already done, or they've looked it up even before we start the meeting. So that's a good um, preparation. And then they can see the, the variety of things that we're advocating for. All right, and then how to manage the meeting. Uh, so again, this is on the Peace Alliance website. You can get to it either from the link on the flyer or uh, directly under um, Advocate, um, Working with Congress. And yeah, remembering to be the peace like we do. We do a connection exercise. Um, you know, these are talking about when you're meeting in person, but most of it applies. You just adapt a little bit when we're having a Zoom talk. Um, it's, it's great if you can uh, meet with the people who are going to be present in the meeting a little bit ahead of time just to see who wants to talk about what issues, but it's not necessary. We just kind of, uh, I think it's most important to just be fully present in the meeting and pay attention to what everybody else is saying. So um, we're not too redundant on the same things, but you know we're offering up different aspects of the bill or perspectives about why the bill is important. And one of the things that in the early days we probably did more often than we do now, but we still have to watch ourselves, is we start out asking the person we're meeting with, the staffer, again, most times, um, to tell us a little bit about themselves, you know, why they became, why they got into government service um, what their background is, what's important to them. Uh, again, then we can often find something personally um, that's important to them that's in the bill. So if we can pick that out and, and show it to them, um, you know, not on paper, but just from our own minds. And usually if you're a newer person um, uh, scheduling the meeting, a couple of us at least that have been around for a while will be present and, and we'll know that off the top of our head. Uh, so uh, and we've had some people running their meeting for the first time, like Jana, that got did a lot of homework and was very well versed with the bill for the meeting. So she ran it like a pro right from the beginning. Um, so there are people there for support in that way. And, you know, it, it just, again, is relationship building and to, um, to talk about something that would be of interest to that person is important just like any kind of meeting that we're having we're we're more interested and attentive when we're talking about uh something that's already an interest from us when we come to the table so we do the introductions and i'm not going to read all of this because it's available for everybody on the website um 
and uh, they've got tips about remaining respectful. Um, we talk about in the campaign that we are being the peace we wish to see in the world as we're advocating for legislation that would um, bring more peace into the world. So uh, I think that is most appreciated and we get comments from time to time about how refreshing it was to meet with us uh, because they're usually meeting with hostile people, um, angry people. And here we are, uh, you know, I don't even want to use the word giving, putting on pressure, but we're, we're requesting, <laughs> but from a peaceful place about how important this is and how, how good this would be for um, people in our country, especially, but people in the world, as we're advocating for um, federal infrastructure here. So are um, over a dozen countries uh, having active campaigns and I think at some point it's been a couple of dozen, but I, I really just don't know the status right now all around the world. And so many countries are looking to the United States to do this. Um, and we had one person say, if the United States can't do this, how can we expect to do this in our country? So um, maybe feeling the pressure from the citizens that this is what we want and people all around want this. And at some point, we'd like it reflected in our government because that is our choice for how we organize our society. So being the peace in that respect um, and uh, um, persistent but not harassing is, is a good phrase that's here in the guidelines. And uh, sometimes they will tell us how much time we have and sometimes uh, they don't. So we kind of play it by ear, but it's usually 30 minutes is most often. Sometimes it's just 15 or 20 minutes, and sometimes people have given us a whole hour. So I think there's two school of thoughts on um, whether we, if they don't tell us how long we have, how long we go, but really plan on probably a half an hour unless they, you know, say otherwise. But there's also a possibility that we'll have 15 minutes and they'll give us a couple minutes notice that they have to go. Uh, so be prepared for a short time or a long time and try to get the most important points in at the beginning, just in case. And sometimes they, they get called away. And, and I think it's, it's probably a, uh, true, <laughs> not just a, a ploy to get away from the meeting. Um, that it just happens sometimes and things are happening in DC, uh, all the time. And, uh, now that we have, uh, um, maybe less chaotic government, but certainly important issues happening all the time. It might not happen as often, but it, it might happen. Okay, um, and connecting issues um, in the bill to our district or state. That's, that's an important part and people tend to listen to that. And if you can name some organizations in the district that might get grants from a Department of Peacebuilding, um, you know, that have some kind of violence reduction or peacebuilding um, efforts going on there that might be able to expand. Uh, that's that's always a good thing. And we've had representatives or staffers bring up um, programs in the area as well uh, that they like to see do better. And then make sure we end with a request. You know, as we say, there's a continuum, you know, become a co-sponsor. If, if this is the first they're hearing about the bill, say, can ask the representative to read the bill or or see if there'll be a co-sponsor. Sometimes just their legislative aid reads to build. Sometimes, you know, um, yeah, there. But ours is pretty easy reading as as far as bills go. <laughs> They've got some much more complex bills than that what we have. It's um, 
so then, uh, um, again, look at first if we can get them to become co-sponsor and then looking to create champions um, and do the follow-up each way along. There's some other examples about them writing a letter to colleagues, although I think there's difference of opinions here, whether that would always be the lead co-sponsor and not just any representative writing letters to colleagues. Um, writing an op-ed uh, that we might be able to draft something for them to review and edit and so forth. And uh, yeah, so then there's a sample outline and, and guideline on how much each section should might take. Anything else, Nancy, or anyone else would like to yeah, I just wanted to add, um, well, the old saying in the Peace Alliance is, is more about the connection than about the convincing. And uh, so forming a long-term relationship with the, the member of Congress or their staffer, because um, sometimes they change their mind. Sometimes they won't, you know, co-sponsor at first, and sometimes they will, but having that give and take. Um, and then at the big, I've taken to either in the e an email to the whoever we're meeting with or at the very beginning of the meeting, um, asking them how long, how much time they'll have. So we know at the outset and and or to give us a five minute warning when they have to um, get off. And now in day age of Zoom, can we record their call? And uh, sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say no. And then um, the other thing I, I've found in our meetings uh, is that sometimes we take up way too much time talking and not enough time listening and uh, getting the background from the staffer and getting their um, comments and questions. Okay, good point, good point to really be mindful of listening being an important aspect and giving them space to, to speak. Yeah, and even in the introductions, trying to keep those as brief as possible um, mm -hmm. when we're going around the room, introducing ourselves, so we can hear more and give that person space and maybe even ask some follow-up questions when they've said what their background is and their interests are um, so that we can know more about what's um, important for them. And they chose their representative to work on uh, maybe based on the district that they're in, but not I think not everybody is in district with people. Um, or sometimes we're we're meeting with fellows um, from other organizations and and such. So um, you know they've they've probably connected with the representative on some level on things that they're interested in. So um, it it makes a good point to do that. All right, anyone else? Any thoughts you want to add here? on the meeting itself. Uh, Lori, can you Yeah, um, so I'm just curious, maybe like the, the main reasons that we've heard why people, why the representative won't sign on to the calls, you know, like if there's any tidbits there, you know, like where we should focus on, but is there, have you noticed that, let's say Nancy, you probably, I'm, I'm thinking maybe you've done the most calls in most meetings in this group or, does a thread run through it or is it like sometimes they just don't really let you know, you know, exactly what it is or I, I was just curious. Well, I think it's always good if, if 
to ask them, you know, if what they think, are they open to it or do they have some reservations and what are those? And, yeah. uh, and then, uh, um, you know, listen and also, uh, you know, you try to respond, but also you don't have to be an expert. You can always get back to them with more information. Yeah, I guess I, I, well, I think when I advocated before, it seemed like the, the money question, you know, it seems like the question they always ask, well, you know, don't we have, are, isn't the United States always doing this? Um, isn't there somebody that sits on the Security Council? Remember, like what Casey brought up? I mean, those were really common. It doesn't seem like people are bringing up the cost as much, but I'm thinking, are those probably like the biggies, you know? That, yeah, why a whole department um, doesn't, isn't the Department of Defense and the Department of State and the uh, uh, United States Institute of Peace, don't they do all of that stuff uh, that we're advocating? Um, yeah, I think those are the main things. I don't know, other people might think of other other. Yeah, so it's good to know that going in, right? So we have answers to those, you know, kind of at the top of our head, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a frequently asked questions on our website and it deals with some of those. Okay, thank yeah. you. And, and one thing I think in the last couple of years is um, obviously the department, the Secretary of Peace will be working with other governmental agencies. So they ask what, the other governmental agencies are saying. And so we've talked about maybe doing that kind of research and, and reaching out and so forth, um, or how would they work with the other agencies? So, um, you know, from our perspective, we're, we're speculating, but kind of an educated guess on what that would look like. But there would be, um, uh, I would imagine some kind of a transition period where the Secretary of Peace would need to, to break through some resistance or uncertainty or fears and so forth. Um, but uh, as Ina pointed out, kind of that that person would have certain trainings and know how to do that. <laughs> but, uh, um, and uh, uh, so, but a lot of people who haven't been through those trainings, and I'm sure uh, some staffers have, we've learned they've been through some nonviolent communication or other kind of peace building trainings, been in the Peace Corps, things like that. Um, that they might be aware of some of you know tools that can help break through barriers or walls, um, real or imagined, and uh, um, uh, so. But even so, it's just imagining because there's the silos and and the territorial things that are inherent in uh, the old paradigm, the power over system, um, and how we would transition to power with. Uh, so it's. Um, that's kind of it. And, and we had one representative two years ago that just say, okay, so um, what's, what's the next step to bring us closer? What is there some kind of a white paper or something that we can write about how to bring this into implementation or so forth. So there's other work we could be doing to take it to the, to the next level. And it's, um, but some of those things that Nancy raised, uh, we, we have responses for that, you know, not everything is covered within, you know, and the U.S. Institute of Peace was very uh, intentionally and carefully crafted on what kind of a niche it has. And it's not interacting um, 
in the way that a secretary of peace would and that there are gaps in what happens between the state department and international uh, institute of peace that there's a lot more that we could be doing and uh and need to be doing yeah okay anything else before we move into the follow-up aspect and we've got what just about 15 minutes before we have to wrap up this is going by fast hasn't it <laughs> i would say some of the things you could emphasize when they express concern is that a department of peace building um is about collaborating with other uh, agencies other people and bringing in all the stakeholders and uh you know listening and mindfulness and so that those are things that the secretary of peace building and the staff in the department of peace would be exercising when they're working with say department of defense or on the national security council or uh, you know any other agencies they're interacting with department of education etc so so, and and those departments are being exposed to these um, peace building skills and abilities more and more each year and each decade. So it's a different landscape today than it was 20 years ago, for sure. Um, and even five years ago, you know, um, so even, you know, we had a, um, was that a retired general that said we need more soft power um, to complement the military power? Uh, so there's and especially after the uh, the shock and awe program there was extremely well demonstrated need for there to be peace builders before and after uh, any armed conflict um, that that was lacking in that program and uh, they i think they actually had a heads up um, from the u.s institute of peace about how that might go um, but they didn't have a peace academy to bring people in um right afterwards um so uh it's it's not about replacing anything that anybody else is doing it's about uh, enhancing and um, supporting it in in the best way possible um in between the work that's already being done i think i was secretary uh secretary of defense gates who said the, who talked a lot about soft power and that not all problems and issues are solvable by military or violent uh, uh, defense kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Marshall Rosenberg, the founder of the Center for Nonviolent Communication, said violence is a tragic expression of unmet needs. And I think that holds true for the individual basis and um, collective or institutional basis um so yeah sometime you know right now we know that when something's happening in a region that's just not acceptable we put violence in there <laughs> invoke you know that we feel is quashing something that's more violent or more dangerous uh and yet there's an aftermath um and so there's you know increasing that awareness that there are other tools to use ahead of time most of the time um and and tools to use afterwards to to try and heal and, and repair what the damage that's done from um, violent intervention. Oh. 
Okay, well, let's move on to the follow-up. It's not as lengthy as some of the other sections, but probably almost the most important, but just as important as getting the meeting. Um, and I kind of look as as a follow-up as kind of that nice kind of safety net or catch-all. So not to worry about, I think we all, when we have our first meeting, we want to do perfect and so forth. But again, perfect isn't what impresses our representative. It's just that we're showing up and saying this is important to us. Um, so whatever we think of later that, oh, I wanted to mention this and I forgot, the follow-up can be kind of that catch-all to some extent besides following up on whatever we asked at the end of the meeting to follow up on that ask. And often at the end of the meeting, we'll say how soon before I follow up, um, two weeks or whatever, because then that also honors them that we know they have a very full schedule and what they're doing and how much time uh, they need to, to take the steps that they need to do. Um, so then, you know, putting it on our calendar so that we're following up when they asked us to follow up. That's how we can impress them. Uh, and uh, so follow up on their action step and anything else that either we may have left out at that time or or there's things that, you know, would want to include too much information in that meeting. But, you know, what's the next step of what else can we give them to read or to look at? So maybe a couple of other links. Um, they tend to not um, want documents in emails, I think, not everybody, but they would prefer a link, I think, to something online, um, just because just like anywhere else, you've got to watch about your security and links and, and getting viruses and so forth. So if it's a link, it's to a PDF or a, a site name or something like that. And, um, and yeah, so um, there's the follow-up section uh, on the Peace Alliance website too, that's relatively new, you know, follow up on the key um, things and see what, you know, if they haven't talking, spoken to the member of Congress yet or um, whatever, then see if you can follow up, you know, ask, can I follow up again in two weeks or um, often they might not respond to the first follow up email. So you keep following up and then maybe uh, uh, just keep asking or ask for another meeting again to see maybe there's some new information that you can bring forth or something like that. And and there's also suggestion that, you know, and the representative holds meetings throughout the year in district, um, show up to those and and bring up uh, the Department of Peace legislation or, or try to get them aside at the end and bring it up. So there's other um, aspects of building the relationship with the office and with the representative. Okay, anything else about the follow-up that I may not have mentioned that is important? I, I like to, um, I, I'm not good at the follow-up. And so what I do now is I try to prepare a follow-up before. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I intend to do is, and I'm not carrying it out, is I, I want to, um, as there is news, respond to that news with um, resources. Because I, I noticed at one meeting <laughs> that um, 
I, I showed up with some information that the staffer didn't know about. And it was from the congressional register. And um, he didn't know about it. And so I think that whatever we can do to help them to bolster their knowledge and understanding of what we're talking about is helpful. And I want to do more of that. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. I don't think about that, but yeah, for us to be a resource to them or a partner, a collaborator in more peace and keeping them informed to the extent that we can, because they have so much to, uh, to read and to, to stay on top of. Good point, Kendra. Anyone else? Okay, so we have uh, like eight minutes left for any other um, questions or thoughts. Okay, Nancy put in the chat the Advocacy Days meeting schedule as of today, the meetings that we've got at this meeting, um, a couple of meetings scheduled next week. Um, uh, let's just make sure, does anybody have questions that they want to bring up or, or we'll have Nancy go over what's already, oh, there's Ina dropped off. She's coming back in. Okay. No, Ina, we have, there we go. Now we've got your beautiful picture back. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Okay, so Ina, you're you're kind of the newest one on the call. I just want to make sure. Do you have any questions after hearing? Uh, I'm just seeing so much information for me to learn, but this has really helped give me um, just an, a good introduction uh, as to how I'm going to navigate the website and learn um, at this point. Um, what I did just notice, and I just wanted to ask this question about um, kind of what to me is the obvious with regard to peace or lack thereof in our country. Um, I was looking at the co-sponsors and it looks like there are 38 total um, of the five, 535 members of Congress and all of those 38 are Democrats, they're Democrats. And that makes sense to me, of course, but something that I've been thinking about is previously in the last couple of years, I've just not been able to have conversations with anybody who was a Republican. Um, and I am changing that mindset and I want to understand how I just as an individual can have conversations with Republicans and what, how can I lead from the heart? How can I lead from a place of peace? And that I guess would also apply because none of my um, representatives, at least um, my democratic representatives are listed. And I would imagine that eventually I would like to speak to Republican representative, representatives from my state um, at least uh, once I'm ready, prepped and able, you know, ready to go out and try to have meetings. Um, 
But what would you all say to that as far as um, just starting, you know, with this big rift in our country, right, between our two parties? How, I mean, I, I know that's just a massive question, but how can we start to think about, like, what are the skills to employ or how can we start thinking about having conversations or would it be best to go for low-hanging fruit as far as having these conversations with Democrats and kind of sticking on that side or, but still just the nature of things uh, in, in the country, what can yeah. we start to think about and uh, as far as like having conversations that are in the effort to bringing our nation together. Yeah. I really appreciate that, that question and um, desire. Um, And, and it's something I've been mulling over and we have had, you know, my representative that I met with um, personally so many times was a Republican. Um, And and she, I think more looked at um, us as a resource to find out what's happening uh, with people that she doesn't usually see. (laughs) But uh, what happened there and, and we had some other, you know, when we were in DC, we started meeting um, with some Republican offices. and, you know, the thing we often start out with is um, peace is actually on the Republican platform as well. Uh, so I think we all want peace for the most part. Um, it's the strategy, you know, and that's another thing nonviolent communication talks about is that there's rarely a or there's no conflict at the needs level. The conflict comes up on the strategy and how to get there, how to meet that need. Um, so that's kind of the basis is creating a space for listening. But I, I think we need to schedule a call just on that subject, you know, um, whether it's about reaching out to representatives um, and we've addressed this in other trainings over the decades or so forth, but there's no link that I can point you to, (laughs) um, just to some extent. Uh, but I, I think that's something that we can cover in more depth and we can think about some kind of one or two guest speakers that would be able to really delve into that well but i would love to be in that um, conversation and i've thought about that even just reaching out to our neighbors that there's um, more of a fear in our communities about speaking to people with different political beliefs now than there has ever been in my life before so even that way and, and so how do we reach out to Republicans or conservatives or people with different views um, than we have? How do we find that common ground or that that common underlying need as a human being? And um, how do we navigate, you know, especially when we're meeting with members of Congress, the staff are pretty well versed on being civil <laughs> and with people who come to meet with them. So it wouldn't have as well, many- there problems. was that one time. <laughs> So then it's about being more effective with them. But uh, yeah, when we're working with our neighbors and the general public, we might have something that where conversation escalates into violent conversation. And how do we deescalate if that happens, if we're um, talking to community members? But what, I don't want to dominate that. I'm sure someone, Nancy, what else would you like to say? Um, well, um, Ima, I think your congressperson is probably Diane Deguette. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um, 
And then a neighboring congressperson in Boulder is Jonah Goose. And um, especially Diane DeGette, I think, is a fairly centrist kind of a Democrat. And so I would propose that that's a kind of a good entree into talking to people. Um, I've had some communication with her, but no response back. And, uh, you know, maybe sort of a, a, an intermediary step to talking to Republicans would be to talk to some of the centrist Democrats even. And um, another, I would propose that a good way for you to get a feel for it is to sit in on one of the meetings that we have already scheduled. It would give you a good idea of how it goes. Um, so please feel free if you want to join in any of those meetings. And she may have been off the call when you posted all the meetings that are coming up. So oh, okay. Can you see the Zoom, the chat? Um, oh, I, I did see, I did see a, a list of things. Um, and then when I got off it, it renewed the chat. So I'm not seeing yeah. it again. Well, um, we'll have your email address from the registration for this call. So I think everybody who registered for the call will get the list of meetings from Nancy um, uh, okay. before Monday, because one of them is this Wednesday already. Yeah, that works out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or Tuesday, rather. Yeah, there's a call on Tuesday at... Um, nine Pacific, I think your mountain time there, right? So it'd be 10 o'clock your time on Tuesday, if you can reserve that time, if that works for for your life schedule. The, this coming Tuesday, 10 a.m.? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I just wanted to um, add my support. I'd like to have a, a call to discuss that as well, you know, how you make that connection. And that's, that's really, that would be a worthwhile call to get everybody's input. You know? Yeah. 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 Very good. And I had some thoughts already about who we might invite to speak on this subject while we explore it and dialogue. All right. So we're um, at the end of our call. So thank everybody for participating and creating a wonderful um, record to give other people ideas on, on uh, how to, uh, you know, get into this for the first time or to enhance uh, scheduling meetings and conducting meetings um, build on what they've already done um, does somebody have a closing quote handy <laughs> I will rely on uh, Thich Nhat Hanh who said peace is every step and so <laughs> thank you all for taking this step to learning how to advocate for peace um, I, I know we so good peace leaders in the world who have stayed away from politics and in the last decade they've realized that you can't stay away from politics that this is how we govern ourselves this is how we've you know whatever government you have in whatever country around the world this is by some degree uh the people's choice um on how to be governed um or they need to decide that they need to change what's in place um, but we're still working on perfecting our democracy here and and this is how we do it. <laughs> I'm going to stop the recording now. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good, good call, Karen. And thank you, everybody, for being on. Yeah, yeah I've, I've talked to, I'm, I'm going to, as soon as the link is up, I'm going to forward.